Hello, welcome to episode three of Unseeded. Hello. The international tennis podcast. We're carrying this on from last week. Yes, <laughs> we now have a listener in Cyprus and a listener in Australia. Oh, that's new. Um, so if if you listened to us last week, you'll remember that um, we started with a quiz, a surprise quiz for Fur, in which she scored three out of ten, which sort of undermined our authority a little bit <laughs> as well, a tennis podcast. I uh, yeah, but that what um, I'm going to repeat what I said last week. I'm um, a person who plays the game. I'm a player. I'm not a knower. You know, I'm not. I'm not a com- uh, person who comments on the game. I don't know stats. I know game. I know how my body needs to move. And why don't we tell everyone what our head to head is, Rob? Ah, that's 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 entirely irrelevant. Uh, I think it's quite relevant because you play. You are a tennis player because you play tennis, not because you know tennis. But I mean trivia. To be fair, I don't think we can do the exact head-to-head because how many times did we play? Nah, we play like I think over ten. Okay. Would that be fair? Around, okay. Around ten. Let's just end this here. Maybe? I did not win a single match. Yeah. We played Thank last you. summer after a year of not playing. And I got close. It went to a tie break. So, yeah, know. but still zero. So, oh. I think that that gives me a little bit of that gives me more actually. <laughs> um, well, I'm I'm I've been playing a lot more frequently than you now. So I'm looking forward to the rematch. <sighs> yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to the tennis quiz that you now have to answer. I know. So basically, as as we said last week, I'm now going to be the victim of a. Tennis quiz to check my trivia. This is not good for us. This is just going to, like, people are going to listen to us and be like, these mugs don't know anything. I'll not listen to them talk about tennis. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's quite fun for them to try to answer this because I'm sure whoever's listening to this probably knows all of this. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. The, the feedback I've got so far is I scored more than three. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh, really? Yep. <laughs> oh gosh, that's embarrassing. Okay, maybe next week they'll be like, I scored more than zero, which is what Rob did. So, <laughs> you want to okay. start then? Yes, hit me with this quiz. Okay, so, first question Who holds the record for most aces in a tennis match? I think this is quite easy. John Isner. Yeah, do you know the match? Yes, Isner Mahu. Yeah, good. First round of Wimbledon 2010. Yep. Okay. What was it like? Sixty-seven. So it was like. No, it was like a hundred and twenty-six n- or something. No, it didn't get to. No, I'm trying to think how many games it got to in the last set. It was uh, like, yeah. Oh, I don't. I don't know then. Yeah, it's like sixty-seven, sixty-five, or something ridiculous. Yeah, a hundred and twelve aces though. Mm, nice. And Mahut had a hundred and three. Okay, so I got one point. Yeah, one eighty-three games. So. Okay. All right. Next question. When did Andy Murray win his win his first Grand Slam? Twenty twelve, U.S. Open. Oh, good. All right. Who was the youngest world number one female tennis player? Are you able to tell me when? Um. Yeah. Do you want me to tell you the year or the the tournament? When when they became number one? What year? When they became number one. Yeah. Oh, no, I don't know when they became number one. I think... Oh, uh, I actually think 1997. 1997. Oh, is it Martina Hingis? Yes! Oh, my gosh! You studied. (laughs) I refuse to believe you know these things. Okay, this is a... uh, I mean, maybe maybe you know this one, because you know French. Kind of. Why is 4040 called Deuce? Oh, I, I literally saw this the other day when I when I was writing the pub I thought quiz. That was quite interesting. Yeah. I don't know. Pass. Because it is a deuce to you. <laughs> I mean, I'm butchering it, but it's supposed to mean two points away from winning the game. Okay. Okay. Deuce to you. Something like that. Okay. Um. All right. So next question. Who spoiled Serena Williams' calendar slam in 2015? Roberta Vinci. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, next one. 
Roger Federer holds the record of most consecutive weeks at number one. How many weeks is that? I don't know. Um, oh my gosh. Ah. Uh, does he still hold the record? Um, yes, he does. Okay. That's I one it up. record he still has. <laughs> oh, um, shut up. It's, is it going to be. Well, it's going to be from 2005, isn't it? Uh, uh, the, the question is how many weeks? No, so from 2004. Uh, it's going to be from 2004 to the summer of 2008. So, I mean, 200, let's say around 250 weeks. Oh, close. 237. Okay, come on. Quick guess. <laughs> That's not bad, is it? No, nah, you don't get it. I'm sorry. But you will get this one next. Roger Federer won Wimbledon in 2004, 2005, and 2009, among many other years, of course. Who was his opponent in these three years? What? Oh, wait, 2004, 2005, uh, Andy Roddick. Yeah, good. Yeah. See, yeah. that's easy. Okay, how many Grand Slams does Naomi Osaka hold? Four. Good. Do you know which ones? Two yeah. US, two Australian. Good. Um... Who is the only player to have won each major tournament at least four times? Hmm. Well, none of the big three. Um, I'm thinking it's going to be either like Serena, because I'm just thinking you're going to have to have a lot of slams. I mean, it's going to be Serena, Steffi Graf or Margaret Court. It's got to be one of them. Solid options. It's lie. one of them, isn't it? I am not in the position to disclose this information. Um, so I'm just trying to remember how many how many French Opens has Serena won. <laughs> I'm just going to go Serena. No. Oh. Steffi Graf. Oh. <laughs> All right, last question. Who is the only player to have completed a calendar year Golden Slam? Oh, Steffi Graf. Yeah, good. Yeah. Do you remember the year? Oh, wow, it's an Olympic year, is it? 88? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 it's quite good. All right, you did quite so, well. How many did I get? I think you got um, seven. Seven, well, more than double your score. So. Yeah. But I think I think it's fair to mention that you had already looked up a lot of tennis facts when you did your quiz. So some of these things might have come up. I um, went I went into this completely blind, blindsided. I'm so, I'm I might just also know more about tennis. Yeah. Um, I think you have the like the research and I have just the experience. Because I mean I'm not gonna lie, if I asked who ended um Serena's uh, calendar slam hopes <laughs> at the US Open, I think I would have actually been hounded out of the pub considering I got booed <laughs> every time I announced a tennis round. <laughs> I mean, yeah. To be fair, that's not like general knowledge. What? Your questions. No, I ever, the, the least popular rounds consistently at my pub quiz were tennis and politics. Politics? I, Come I on, would... Rob. You want people to hate you. Well, I mean, it's it is quite funny when you get booed by an entire. Nobody like cares about politics, especially in a post-Brexit <laughs> scenario. So after me doing quite well at that quiz, to be yeah. honest, I well, I did quite well considering quite well. two but... of the ones I didn't get. I <laughs> I I mentioned Steffi Graf, and yeah. for a, had to be a quick guess on. <laughs> On weeks. weeks at number one, I was 13. Come on, you should have known that. I knew that. Well, that's probably because you got like posters of all these career <laughs> statistics across your wall. Um, so, yes, we should probably talk about things that have happened yeah. in tennis, tennis since news. we last recorded. So there's been some tournaments. I mean, it's, it is quite confusing because there's been outdoor hardcore tournaments, indoor hardcore tournaments, clay tournaments... It's yeah. like it's been it's been quite hard Wild to keep. Yeah, it's really weird, and they're all like quite small tournaments. So it's like I kept getting confused between <laughs> Linz and Abu Dhabi. Who was in what semi-finals? Who was in what finals? I had to explicitly write down who won what. So, I mean, big news, I suppose. Biggest story was Dallas Open. You had 
Wu Yibing, uh, beat John Isner. Uh, 677676. And I don't think you can ever get a more John Isner score than that. Gosh, he does have long games. Well, it's because nobody breaks his serve and he's not particularly got much of a game to break other people's serves. <laughs> Yeah. So it's 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 always just a real it's attritional against him. The tiebreak of the final set was fourteen twelve to Wu Yibing. Oh gosh. Yeah, that's, that's if the phrase "the suffering is ne- is necessary" has ever been more accurate. <laughs> um, so Linz, you add Anastasia Potapova win six three six one against Petra Martic. Um, Maria Sakkari losing. Another semi-final. Oh gosh. Yeah, these uh. It's like a curse. They're, they're they're stacking up, aren't they? I mean, I'm I'm becoming less convinced that Zachary's actually gonna win anything. Significant. I think I th- if she works in her mental health, which is probably what's keeping her from like winning. I mean, she's only got finals. one. I I believe she's only got one title. Yeah, but like obviously she has what it takes. It's just I think it's purely mental. Abu Dhabi now. Belinda Bentich beat uh, Ludmilla Samsonova. 1-6-7-6-6-4. I mean, particularly interesting because uh, Bentich's uh, head-to-head against uh, Samsonova was very much like mine against you. Um, (laughs) What? uh, She's never won? She had never won up until uh, yesterday. Um, So now it's... Now Samsonova is still... Yeah, it does, it does. Um, <laughs> although they had played far less matches, so maybe not. Um, so Santa Sonora is still leading that head-to-head 3-1. to one. And also Yannick Sinner beat Maxime Crassi 7-6-6-3 to win in Montpellier. Um, which, I mean, I, I just read... I need to stop getting obsessed with uh, American tennis players with, with good good net game, but Maxime Crassi, <laughs> oh... I mean, to be fair, it's really nice having a servant volleyer on the tour because they are few and far between nowadays, aren't they? Yeah. Um, I just I think the game has evolved in another direction now. Yeah, but there's someone still keeping the old tradition going. <laughs> a guy with a big serve and rushing the net. <laughs> yeah. I mean, rushing the net after a second serve that. as well. Oh, he's fantastic. Um, so the main topic of conversation anyway today is not the tennis that's happened because you don't generally watch the tennis that's happened, do you? Um, well, <laughs> some people do, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was talking to you then, not the audience. Oh, um, no, yeah, no, yeah. I'm sorry. No, no. I apologise. Um, I mean, I think we need to work, well, not we, but the nation has to work on like streaming things because... If I, like, turn on the TV and it was there, I would definitely watch it. But if I have to, like, you know, go to, like, obscure websites or, like, pay for I mean, you've got Amazon Prime, haven't you? But, yeah, what what I thought we'd talk about is something a bit more... um, Just just a a random, fun topic of conversation. And what I was thinking was nostalgia. Something more personal. Yeah, nostalgia for tennis. It maybe give an insight to everyone about like why and how we got into the sport in the first place. Because why, I think although I don't know anything about tennis. I because I think we're doing a tennis podcast. <laughs> yes, um, and I think we're both nostalgic for a pretty similar era. Yeah, and a pretty similar man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm saying that as I'm wearing my Nadal hat once again. Oh. Um, I know. British. I know. I know, fake fan, I know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, maybe best place to start for me is my first memory of watching tennis, which is when I must have been nine years old at the time, the 2008 Men's Wimbledon Singles Final. Hmm. Tell us Which, about yeah, I mean, most people remember that <laughs> if they saw it. <laughs> pretty self-explanatory, yeah. <laughs> pretty, pretty extraordinary match. Definitely the best match, I think. I mean, it's hard to say. Is it the best match I've ever watched because it's like peak nostalgia for me? Or is it the best match I've ever watched because it's the best match I've ever watched? Most people, when they are asked, like most players, obviously, (laughs) when they're asked like what their favourite tennis match is, they say Wimbledon 2008. So Mm. I think it's like a standard 
yeah. yeah. Excellent match. I mean, it's a, it's a great match. I think, I think that's partly the nostalgia, isn't it? It's the, it's the nostalgia for the, uh, the Federer and Nadal Era. rivalry. Oh. Yeah, I really, yeah. It's something we won't get to experience again in our lifetimes. And it does make me sad. <laughs> I think... I Yeah, like, I remember hating Nadal, because obviously I love Roger Federer. And every time he played a final against Nadal, it was so stressful, because you knew anyone could win, really. Um, and you knew that Federer didn't actually have a particularly brilliant head-to-head. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it was always like, he was always the villain, you know? Mm. Like, I antagonized him so much. And then I learned to appreciate his tennis and his, you know, journey as well. Because obviously, you know, he's human after all. <laughs> like, he looks so much larger than life, as, a, as does Roger, obviously. But yeah, in the end, like, he's just, you know, he gets nervous. He's just, he's, and he's really good. <laughs> like, you cannot deny that mm. so i mean his talent is and his dedication is just amazing i mean yeah he's i think i think if roger didn't exist i probably would have been an adult fan yeah do you have a distinct first memory of watching a tennis match so <clears throat> no i don't think i have like a first you know like mm. first i remember watching wimbledon a lot like it mm. was always like there you know like it was always like on um i do remember watching wimbledon 2008 and but yeah i remember watching wimbledon like just always and but i really remember like playing tennis i think i remember playing tennis more than watching it because oh yeah i think i got into games like into watching games as much when i was younger like yeah i I didn't it was quite boring for me to watch them to be fair i mean and when you're that age as well gotta say tennis is quite long um (laughs) especially listeners playing (laughs) i mean this this is one of the things about tennis i remember saying this before it's like it's probably one of the healthiest sports to play but one of the unhealthiest to watch because you are just sat on a sofa for potentially five hours um but i i do love the general like you know politeness of it all like hmm. i like that people are not like it, they will be in a stadium like just yelling and throwing beer around i like that they, oh, they know how to shut up i <laughs> would say that is one of the best things of any stadium environment it's the yeah it's the noise before like a final of a grand slam and then as the player is bouncing the ball for the first serve the silence across the stadium yeah like if you were to take a kid to like a match which i wouldn't recommend because they probably don't care but it will be like tennis not you know any other i feel like you know i mean that's a bit... or american football or whatever that's a bit too much <laughs> sort of going back to what you were saying about the um sort of distinct memories of playing tennis around then as well i think that must have been sort of roughly when i started learning how to play i mean i've got to say being a fan of uh roger federer definitely didn't help me on that front <laughs> adamantly sticking to having a one-handed backhand gosh yeah that's <laughs> it's it's a bad idea <laughs> yeah i i recognize it as a bad idea from early on because i couldn't do it so i was like it's either not doing it or not playing at all so. in a way i wish it, i didn't have one but then i'm very <laughs> glad that i do because every time every so often i, I pull off a nice shot and it, it does look better <laughs> it does look better than any other shot than you can do yeah it just takes 500 shots to get there <laughs> <laughs> i'm definitely sure there was wimbledon on but the first match that I probably sat down and took notice of was that 2008 final because I distinctly remember at the end of that final being very upset. Oh, and, yeah. I, I remember crying. And and despising Nadal as he was celebrating. Yeah, I cried. I've cried a lot for Roger. Uh, you know what I love, though, is that we might have hated Nadal, but their relationship of Roger and Nadal was always so nice like they were Mm. always so polite to each other and even friendly like they are actual friends you know and i think that's also like something so that you don't really see now i don't Mm. i don't think i mean you know curious kokinakis and like there are exceptions obviously but 
people who are dominating the sport, the sport, and who are like really good friends. I don't think you we we have that now, or I don't know if we ever will. One thing that we did decide to watch to sort of prepare for this conversation was the Strokes of Genius documentary about that final, and I think that is one thing that's uh, quite prominently mentioned in um, when they're talking about the the rivalry is that actually when you've got rivals like that, they are often just really good friends because they're the one like um, Chris, I think Chris Everett talks about this, about Martina Navratilova is at the end of the day, they're the ones that are always there at the final in the dressing room. So they're always around each other because they're always the only ones getting to the latter stage of the tournament. Yeah, that's true. And especially in their like early stages of their careers they probably saw each other like at like similar hotels and stuff like that like all the time like if they were like obviously in Wimbledon or whatever they were yeah and I mean another thing that was mentioned in the documentary was like how different their their styles were you know Mm -hmm. like Roger was so classy and elegant and not not only in his game but in the way he you know, dressed and everything. Like, it, it was the whole image. And then you had Nadal with, like, the sleeveless shirts and, like, the big muscles and, like, just jumping around, like, running all the time. So it's, like, massive energy. Um, so they were really, like, stereotypes, I would say. <laughs> like, you know, like, this this style, like, the... I don't know, I don't remember who said, like, Roger looked like a prince, you know? Like, he mm. was, like, with his little cardigan and he was, like, so handsome and perfect and so classy and then you had Nadal who was like you know long hair like running around and just like big muscles like Hercules kind of you know so um yeah I think that also made it so much more like interesting the the rivalry because not only did they look completely different they also played very Mm. very different I mean that's always what's made great rivalries though I mean Borg McEnroe two very different players I think I was definitely a more partisan Federer fan in younger age. Um, I think definitely mellowed a bit later on, and I'm just like, just I just like the tennis. You're just a traitor now, because some some people like all three of them, which I find a bit impossible. Because I mean, obviously I mean, you can I, like all of them, but how can you support all of them? You have to have a favorite, you know. I think I think you can appreciate all of them, and definitely from an on court perspective, I appreciate all of them and what they've done. Um, but yeah, stylistically, they're three very different players. You're going to have a, a, a favorite. Exactly, I think way of playing can relate more to like one of them. Mm. But I do feel like casual players, they might just appreciate the talent, mm. and they'd be like, maybe if you don't. Well, I don't know. Do you think there's people who? like watching tennis but they don't play it yeah really well i mean my mum likes watching tennis but but has has she barely played played it no it's like i mean i enjoy watching football a lot of the time but i can't remember the last time i played football i don't think i yeah i mean i love watching gymnastics but i did gymnastics for six years um i don't oh well actually i love watching figure skating and I don't know how to skate so Mm. but I wouldn't know like I wouldn't get that involved you know yeah like if you if you know like tennis things I feel like it's also like kind of a niche sport it's not like football you know or American football or basketball or like those super popular sports or even swimming in some places like I mean it's it's still it's, it's still an incredibly global sport at the end of the day um yeah but I don't think that's it's very popular yeah. Well, at least in Mexico, it's not that, you know, it's not that popular. So, yeah, I think after establishing a sort of mutual nostalgia of the same same era and uh, definitely the same rivalry, I think, <laughs> um, maybe an interesting thing just is, is talk about how we both got into the sport, really. Um, I think from my perspective, it was just started doing tennis lessons. At, I think it's, it's the local David Lloyd um just randomly well yeah well with my brother and sister um i was the youngest so for a while i was the worst but then (laughs) it eventually wasn't the case 
Um, <laughs> actually, how yeah, long but did that take. <laughs> I don't. I can't remember. I can't actually remember how long I did those lessons for. I mean, it was. I think I must have done them up until the point I left primary school. But then that was the problem. I I sort of stopped doing them, and then I didn't play until I got to sit form again, and I found a couple of mates to play with. So I, I just missed missed five years of my life that I could have played tennis and I'm if I if I didn't have that gap in my life I might have been able to beat yourself (laughs) Um, I mean I have bigger gaps (laughs) fair enough so how did you get into it um so I remember going to like the country club um with because my mom played tennis when she was Mm. younger and she was really into it and she actually introduced me to Roger Federer because she loved him. What, in person? Um, yeah, we met him. What? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you think I wouldn't have told you this? <laughs> I don't know. That would be quite a bombshell. Just, just Imagine, waiting, just waiting for this moment. Here. <laughs> no, she like obviously introduced me to like watching and admiring him. Um, and I, I remember when I was young, like I don't know, five, six years. Weekends consisted of going to the beach and then coming back and going to the country club and just playing some tennis. Obviously, I didn't play tennis. I stood there with a racket and tried to do something. They used me as a ball kid, mostly. Um, You know, I would just catch the balls and give them to them and then I would, like, rally a little bit. But obviously, that wasn't very fun for me (laughs) when I was, like, that age. So I, I never really got into it. I mean, I was just, you know, it was like a weekend thing and was random um when i got into middle school i remember taking lessons like properly and yeah but that i I feel like the same thing happened like i was going i mean these were proper lessons um and they were private like it was just for me but at some point i kind of like let it like i kind of didn't stick with it you know I had like a class as well, like several people, and one of my friends went with me. Um, and we actually did go like to tournaments and stuff. So it was a bit more serious, obviously, than when I was five. But yeah, at some point during high school, I think I just stopped. Like school was too much, so I couldn't like handle everything. So, there we go. That's the answer why you're better than me. I never even did. I never did tournaments. No. No, I'm. I'm. Oh. I've always. Ah. I did lessons for a bit, and then just sort of played casually, and then stopped. To be fair, I don't. I never liked the tournaments. I hate competitions. You know, like I don't really like. You know, my hypothesis that everybody has to lose, and some only someone like one person wins, and everyone's like miserable because. You don't want to lose, but you also don't want to win seeing others suffer. So it's like, oh, I hate competitions anyway. Um, Why don't you want to see everyone suffer? That's that's the joy of winning. <laughs> no, because I know what it feels like, you know? <laughs> you, you Like, I don't remember who said this in the documentary. Like, as a tennis player, you lose more than you win. Mm. In any sport, probably, but especially, like, tennis, because you have to play so many matches. So, obviously, you know what it feels like to lose. Why would you want anyone to feel that? I don't know. It's just I Then know. I went to college Mm -hmm. and i play there as well Um, i think you can tell our different uh upbringings in different countries going through school with just the different terms that we use yeah (laughs) well uni for you i went i went primary school secondary sixth form oh i don't know that's confusing (laughs) a secondary is middle school secondary well it's sort of middle school and high school i think oh what Secondary is your 11 till 16, really. And then you go to sit form, which is um, 16 to 18. That's confusing, yeah. Hmm. First, primary is 1 to 6. Middle is 7 to 9. And then high school is 10 to 12. Okay. So you d- That's quite simple, I think. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm talking about ages. You're talking of year oh, groups. Right, yeah. Right, right. yeah, yeah. I was like, why are you like? That? <laughs> yeah, okay. Oh well, we got a little bit sidetracked there, but <laughs> yeah, maybe we oh, should keep. Well, I played in, in uni. That's ma- the end. Ma- the maybe end. <laughs> we maybe we should keep that a bit in for educational purposes. I don't know. I mean, um, I think it's I, it is quite confusing. Some people might find it useful. Yeah, I mean, yeah, 
yeah because this is definitely going to come up a lot on the tennis podcast isn't it yeah yeah people are going to listen and be like (laughs) who cares (laughs) who cares this is a tennis podcast talk about tennis and we're not even talking about much tennis that's actually happened we're talking about things that we're nostalgic for and our own and our own tennis tennis. playing which is well at least from my perspective not very good at all i do a lot of losing um it's quite sad you know what Um, the funniest thing is that you are the biggest tennis snob i know like you talk the talk i remember when we met when we met because we did a master's together well we didn't do a master's we lived together we lived together in masters masters. we lived in halls yeah Uh, yeah. so (laughs) when we met rob was Oh, we, we hadn't played yet. And he was always like talking shit. And he was like, yeah, I'm going to beat you. And I'm so much better than you. And you're not going to see it coming. I'm so good. Blah, blah, blah. And he trash talked for like a month. Is it fair to say around a month? To be fair, we I probably we probably were trash talking because you were getting involved in the trash talking. Like, yeah, don't, I, I mean, don't, I didn't provoke it, but of course, I was defending myself. Don't 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 act like you're a completely innocent party here. <laughs> I was innocent, but it, yeah, no, it probably was sort of from the point at which we both established that we were into tennis to when we started playing, and bearing in mind. We moved into halls in 2020. We weren't actually able to play until yeah. sort of roughly around Easter in 2021. Yeah. So it was, so, yeah, it was a long time, actually. Yeah. Months. So we spent a good, good portion of the year trash talking before we played. <laughs> and then I lost. Really Not... horribly as well. <laughs> yeah. With the score. <laughs> No, I, I've I've blocked that one out to be honest. Um, and but not only it was six lo- long, six long. <laughs> oh, That was no. the score. <laughs> <laughs> and then when we returned to the halls, <laughs> and all of our flatmates were waiting to see, like, oh my gosh, who won? How was it? <laughs> I just laughed, <laughs> and it was so funny. Trying to see Rob explain why he lost so badly. <laughs> yeah, and it didn't get better. Oh, it got better. It got it... better. Yeah, I mean, not not good enough for you to beat me, but it got way better. Yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Back then, and I've made made many efforts to to improve it. Not to the extent that Arena Sabalenka has recently managed it, but back then my serve was pretty diabolical. Yeah, I mean, to be fair. Oh, we hadn't played for a while. I hadn't mm. played for years. I had mm. a back injury. I mean, not not from playing tennis, obviously, not from being a pro. I just had a bad back. Um, so I hadn't played for like three years at least. You hadn't played for a while, I guess. So mm. it wasn't our best moment. I think when we played in the summer of last year. Yeah, our last match. Yeah. It, I, I mean, it went to a tie break, so I've definitely improved. Yeah. yeah. I think you have improved. I have yeah. probably. <laughs> yeah. And, well, you play and, a lot now, though. Yeah, I know. And I've got to say, one of my favourite things to do, because I'm uh, one thing that I realised I could do to get some satisfaction out of the match, despite the fact I wasn't winning, is just watch how angry Fur gets as I play a drop shot and bring her into the net. Ugh, that's so disrespectful. How is a drop shot disrespectful? <laughs> I mean, it's not. I don't like them. That makes it wrong. Are you one of these people that watches a tennis match and goes, oh, he shouldn't be playing an underarm serve. It's improper and impolite. No, uh, no. Because I, I think that's different. When, when it's like a proper competition, it's like everyone can do whatever they want, as long as it's legal, obviously. Yeah. When it's a game among friends i think you shouldn't do drop shots <laughs> simple as that why i think you, ever since you discovered i hate drop shots you just kept doing them and that's what annoyed me <laughs> i don't play them much much anymore to be honest no. um no no maybe it was like just out of your, pure your hatred of for trying. you yeah, yeah exactly yeah. any other like major tennis memories that you have well, I have, <laughs> I remember I was like around 12 and I went to like an all-inclusive 
hotel, you know, and there were like tennis courts. I think there were, nah, they they couldn't have been clay. Anyway, um, and there were there was like you know a kids club something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were like doing oh yeah we're doing like a tennis tournament and stuff. And I wasn't very good when I was twelve. Um, I I had I was just getting into it. Um, I was very basic level. But I thought this is fun, you know. <laughs> you know is this when you tell me you found out you're a natural and you <laughs> you wiped out all the competition? I wish I could say that, but no. Uh, it was me, a kid from Chile, and a bunch of Argentinians. And you know, Argentinians they they get very you know into tennis. They they have a very. I mean, I think from whole of Latin America they're probably the country that has the biggest yeah. tennis like culture it was a kids club but there were like parents there like the Argentinian parents you know mm. and they were like rooting for them and stuff and I was like this, this sounds wrong you know it's 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 just a dumb you know mini this is not even a tournament it's just like a, a made up thing you know and they were making it to be like so competitive and I was like so stressed because I was like I'm not they were obviously way better than me, but also like I don't want to play like this, you know. Like I, I want to have fun. I don't want to be like stressed about my serve and like you know. I was at, at the verge of like crying, you know. So, so your parents weren't there cheering you horrible. on. No, it was a kids' club. <laughs> it was parents weren't supposed to get involved. They brought the whole their whole families from Argentina. It was like a, literally, it was like thirty people, most of them adults. There were like four kids. Um, and they were just like shouting and stuff. I, it was so stressful. That that's not a nice memory I have, but that's very like that's ingrained in my brain. It's like horrible, so stressful. I obviously lost because I was like, I don't need this in my life. This stress, this toxicity, it's not for me. Um, so if 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 I need yeah. a tactic to beat you now, I just need to get someone to stand next to the to the get court and just shout. Get your whole extended family to shout at me, and I know they won't because. They're all British, so <laughs> their politeness will stop them. <laughs> I, I wasn't that lucky when I was 12. <laughs> it'll be a good old-fashioned uh, Wimbledon crowd, will it? Yeah, they'll just look at me wrong or something. <laughs> what you need is the French crowd. They're brilliant at the French Open. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I know what I don't need, an Argentinian crowd. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, well, also, just any memories of watching tennis anything um rogers last wimbledon final which was oh, like, that, that, 2017 that was 2018 2019 that was yeah. are you talking about when he last won or when when he lost against djokovic oh that was 2019 that that was sad i yeah. watched i watched that in the pub that i was working at, at the time because i finished work and then they Thank were you. showing um I don't know how I, I don't know. Did I finish work or did I just go watch it there? Because I mean, I would have only been working like an hour or something. Maybe I was sent home early or whatever. We had a TV there at the time, and uh, this this was just a job I was working between um, terms at uni, and I just stayed there and watched that final, and oh, it was it was just depressing. It was it uh, was a yeah. sad ending. Yeah, my story is a bit more embarrassing <laughs> i had gone to my friend's graduation the night before and i knew i had to be like obviously awake for this because obviously it was like more i presume you were in mexico, in mexico at the time yeah, yeah yeah um so what time was it sorry i don't know maybe 9 8 a.m i don't know oh so not too bad not horribly but i mean if you're hungover if you're not waking up at eight you know at seven or whatever um so, but we, we were like in another city because I, I went to see my friend graduate and we had to leave the hotel. So I couldn't stay to watch the match. We went to like a mall. <laughs> so we were in the food court section. I don't even remember what was happening. Like I was so out of it, but I was watching it because they had like a, a TV there and they, they were in the last set. And I was like, <laughs> it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't looking good, you know? Um, and I was like, I'm just, I can't, I mean, I can't watch it here. I, it was so stressful. And then, you know, Djokovic won. Yeah. And I was just there, like, hungover, <laughs> first of all, in the food court, like, amongst many strangers. I was just crying. 
Because I knew, I knew that was his last. Have you have you ever record. watched Roger Federer lose a match without crying? I don't think I have. You know, that's that's one of the only positive things about him retiring. That now I can watch tennis and be happy all the time. Because I, yeah. I, I don't care that much. I, well, I think I think that, I think the heartbreaking thing about that final, anyway, is the two championship points that Federer had. I mean, oh, it, no, it, no, it still hurts, Rob. It still hurts. I, I, I mean, I, I don't want to talk about. I, I do distinctly remember when I was watching this final. I was watching it, obviously, in that pub. Everyone there was a Federer fan, apart from this one guy who was rooting for Djokovic. Oh, and I mean, fair enough. He was the one that had a good, good time at the end. <laughs> oh, that's, um, no, that was... And actually, that reminds me, when I went to Wimbledon last year with Megan, mm. we were in the hill watching the final, Curious Djokovic. And most people were, like, rooting for Curious, at least were in the section where we were. On Murray then, Mound. Yeah, and, the, and there was a couple... Or Henman Hill. There was a couple um, rooting for Djokovic. Um... <sighs> But they were like, I mean, there were obviously a lot of people rooting for Djokovic, but not not in that part. So they were like, you know, they would just like yell and stuff, and people would be like yelling for curious. And then in the end, obviously they like Djokovic won, <laughs> and they wouldn't shut up. They were just like yelling and and looking at people, staring at them, being like, like I told you so. And I was like, it was so horrible. I mean, if you if you really want an insight of um, of how some people just aren't into tennis i actually watched that final with with two of my mates from work and one of them just fell asleep (laughs) (laughs) that wasn't even a long game no no it wasn't hopefully this given everyone a bit of an insight into like why we're making a tennis podcast when at least 50 percent of us does not have is not able to get over 50 percent in quite a basic tennis trivia quiz um and why one of us has never won a match against the other (laughs) (laughs) i'm the the stats guy and the knowledge guy yeah i know about the sport you're the one that's you know you're the typical student who memorizes the quotes that famous writers like said or famous philosophers said and they just regurgitate them in like parties and stuff and they're like oh yeah like Plato once said (laughs) and I'm the one who actually writes the quotes Hmm. (laughs) that's the difference Rob (laughs) (laughs) I mean I'm the artist (laughs) (laughs) I mean, never have you ever sounded so modest, have you? Um... <laughs> I think it's it's about time that we we tell people how it is. Yeah, I'm looking for for my three answers. I'm oh, she's just walking off now. Um, is is this that was that a mic drop moment? Um, yes. So yeah, that was us talking about our nostalgia for tennis. I'll see. I don't know how long this conversation will be when when I finish editing it, to be honest. Um, because to what extent do you guys really want to listen to all our own tennis when we could talk about actual professional tennis players that are good at the game? Um, I think if they want to hear about professional tennis, they probably want to watch the games, you know? I know. Oh, actually, the Acapulco Open starts in two weeks, so I'm definitely watching that. Mm. Isn't Monterey starting soon as well? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, Acapulco is always fun. Never actually watched Monterey, to be honest. Um, I went to Monterey because I lived there. Maybe some other things in tennis we should talk about. So, Indian Wells is coming up. Uh, Radhikanu's got a wild card. I mean, it'll be interesting to see, because obviously she'll actually have to do the first round this year, when in the last, the only other two times that she's done it, she's uh, had the bye to the second round. Yeah. Um, but then, is she fully recovered now? I think so. There's, I've not heard anything about an injury, like the injury carrying on. I mean, it was she seemed fully recovered with the ankle injury anyway at, at the like at the Australian Open. Didn't look yeah. like that was limiting her against golf. Um, so I mean, what, what did she do last year? She um, beat Caroline Garcia, um, but then lost to Petra Martic uh, in the third round. Uh, 
So just interesting to see what happens there. Obviously, if she can get a run together, that's that's good few points to go up the rankings. Also, another big news, exciting. Carlos Alcaraz returning uh, in Argentina, uh, playing at the Argentina Open in Buenos Aires. It's just a 250 event. Um, on clay, which um, obviously probably just because that's his most natural surface, but yeah, hasn't played since the Paris Masters. Obviously, has had a couple of injuries since then. But exciting for him to be back on the tour, and you just sort of hope he comes in on the same level that he he went out in this injury from, and yeah. can hopefully it's not like well, I've got the Grand Slam. Uh, I've been number one. Can relax a little bit. You wanted to go in there and just try and win it. I'm sure he will just go um, in and try yeah, and win I'm everything sure. again. He, he looks yeah. like the type of person who is yeah. not happy with just like. <laughs> I mean, one hundred percent. He's got eyes on the French Open. Oh, definitely. I'm th- I yeah. think he will win it several times once mm. Nadal finally retires. Yeah, well, <laughs> Nadal's playing and nobody's winning it. As, lo- as long as Nadal is fit enough to win, <laughs> um, <laughs> notice that um, chance. Yeah, unless you're Robin Soderling, who managed to beat him in two thousand nine. Or Roger Federer. No, Roger Federer has never beaten him at Roland Garros. Didn't he? Who did Roger right. Federer win then? Okay. Oh, it, it was in 2009. It was against Robin Soderling because oh. Robin Soderling had, had beaten Nadal in the early rounds mm, and then got to the final. Um, wow. I mean, so he can't sort of, beat him if he beat the one who beat him. So. I don't think it works like that, does it? <laughs> um, I, let's just say Roger's perfect. You, you can say that if you want. I think but yeah, I mean, other things I would just like to mention. So uh, I w- I ended up watching one of the uh, Dallas Open matches. Um, I saw I only managed to see the highlights of the final because I work on Sundays most times. Um, but uh, yeah, the day before I was watching um, after having a disappointing day out to the football. I'm an Arsenal fan. Came back and watched uh, John Isner versus JJ Wolf, um, and. You'd think that the most impressive serve there would be John Isner's. If you get an opportunity, search JJ Wolf's serve. It is the craziest serve you'll ever see in your life. Why? It is it is a spin serve that is ridiculously quick. And like I just I do not understand how you generate that much spin on a serve. It is crazy. And definitely the mate I was watching it with was uh, not a fan of John Isner. Um, hmm. I, I, I saw uh, saw uh, a lot of dislike. But, well, it's just basically because every time you get John Isner into a rally, he's not very good at it. Um, um, <laughs> I was like, this, it's very hard to hate John Isner. <laughs> yeah. that, you know... I mean, to be fair, I think with with John Isner getting on a bit and Riley Apelka's uh, decline down the rankings, one one thing that I wouldn't mind is is if we just don't have that many tennis players that are just massive guys that all their game is is their serve because yeah, it's it's really not like, that exciting. It's not it's not even that good for them, you know. It's not, it, it stops being an advantage at some point. Yeah, and it's just like uh, serving. It's like, oh, an ace. Oh, an ace. Yeah. An ace. Oh, a non-return serve. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's just not. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ne- I've never been a fan of that sort of style. Anything else that needs mentioning? No. I don't um, think so. yeah. Are you planning on playing anytime soon? Uh, as long as it's free. Given that you're the player and the artist. I did. Um, I did play um, last week. Oh, nice! Last week I played uh, Tuesday or Wednesday. Did you win? Uh, we couldn't finish because it was too cold. <coughs> it's just freezing outside. But I, I didn't win. I lost four, two, four. So we didn't finish uh, the set. But uh, we, uh, and anyway, clearly, if you finished, you would have come back and won. Yeah, sure. obviously. Like, yeah, obviously. Yeah, I, yeah. You're, you're, you're about to go on a run of four game. games. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah um, but so it mm. doesn't really count. So I didn't yeah. lose. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm playing twice in the next two days, hopefully. But gosh, I don't imagine. Uh, given given what's been revealed about my success rate, it'll be interesting. <laughs> 
I'm, I'm well, hoping you know, I... it's always it's always going to change at some point. You yeah. can't have a head to head like zero to a hundred. <laughs> I mean, As, you can, but <laughs> I mean, you can. I'm pretty sure. Is it like Djokovic against Monfils or something? Is <laughs> like it? that. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, Gosh. Yeah. yeah, but it's hard. It's, That's it's... harder than winning one match. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh well. Um, so yeah, believe in yourself. Believe I will believe in myself. I mean, this uh, as soon as I win, I'm like getting the champagne bottle, popping the cork. I'm gonna I'm gonna be acting like I've won a bloody grand slam. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, maybe maybe when we next play, we'll we'll record it and put some clips out, and then people can decide for themselves who's the better tennis player. Yeah, I think I have the better. I think I have the best outfits. Okay. I think I've... What, you got the best outfits? Yeah. Did you just say? Yeah. What did well, you hear? I don't know. I just I, I just thought <laughs> you about... You just agreed. Blindly no, agreed. I know. I, was just, I, was, I thought you were going to say, like, oh, I think I've got the best forehand or something. Oh, uh, no. Uh, not, <laughs> I mean, oh, I, visually, I think I have the best outfits. I know. I've got some good good outfits I got for Christmas. Do you know the, the, the Federer Uniqlo one they just released? Yeah, but I actually um, think men's clothes are boring in tennis. Well, not not Francis Tiafo at this year's Australian oh, Open. Oh yeah, but, no. Yeah, but I mean would... the whole that whole Nike line was quite <laughs> eccentric. I mean the the Nike lines have been questionable for a little while now. I I did like Ryder Cano's, uh dress. Hmm. Yeah, no, I think I think I, th- I think the Nike line for the women has been a lot better than it has been for the men. The mm. men, it's been the men. I remember at the US Open last year had this really weird, like square collar. It just looked strange. So yeah, I think that's it for today. Actually, we've sort of covered recent tennis happenings, tennis nostalgia, and some other stuff. Um, yeah. So we're going to try and end this better than we did last week. So. <laughs> thank you very much for listening um we hope to see we hope i'm already messing up (laughs) good Good job (laughs) thank you very much for listening um we hope you come back next week and listen again um please rate us on whatever podcast platform you use but only rate us if you're going to leave us a good rating we'd rather we have none than we have (laughs) yeah one one. um also leave us your you know recommendations what do you want to listen to yeah what what would you want us to talk about um contact us on twitter we have a twitter that we don't use nearly enough um at unseeded pod um so yeah um contact us rate us share us do what you want um but But please listen to us again (laughs) yes and be nice we're new to this still um thank you and goodbye bye